Good morning. It's good to see you all. I hope that you have had a good week and that whatever has happened, the Lord has met you where you're at. Uh, This week has been a little bit of an interesting week for me and my wife. We have done one of those lovely things that you do in marriage in which you swap sicknesses uh, with one another. And so my wife, who works at a camp, caught a little bit of what we call camp crud earlier in the week, and it passed on to me. Uh, And we are both okay and over it now, don't you worry. Um, But something interesting happened uh, as I was kind of getting over the sickness. Uh, The interesting thing that happened is Hope would be talking to me about something, and I found myself having to ask her to repeat herself because I could register in my head that she spoke something to me, but I was doing a terrible job of listening this week. How many of you guys have been in that case where you're like, I've registered that somebody has said something. Um, For many of you, you might actually use the sermon time of, I recognize that the pastor said something, uh, and so I'm going to stand out uh, and shake his hand and say, great sermon pastor, and immediately say, what did he say? I'm going to go back and listen to that again. I know you all go back and listen to the sermon again. Uh, Yeah. But here's something that I found myself doing as a way of getting over that, and I wanted to share that with you this morning, a way to help us better listen, because sometimes when we're having a hard time listening and processing what people are saying, we just need to take a moment and focus on our breathing and clear out all the things that we're going through in order to be more present with one another. And so we're going to take a few minutes this morning to practice presence before the Lord and before one another so that we can listen and receive what God who speaks to us has to say to us so that we, the people of God, can respond. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to open us up in prayer and then I'm going to leave a minute of silence. And I want you in that minute of silence to do only one thing. I want you to focus on your breathing Focus on breathing in and out. And as you do that, the laundry list of of things that you need to do, the, oh yeah, I forgot to add eggs to my shopping list, they'll start to go away. And over time, if you keep practicing these prayers of just what I call silence and solitude, of just being present before the Lord, we start to receive the voice of the Lord in our lives. And so we're going to keep our feet planted on the ground. Take a deep breath in. Lord, we set this space in this time apart for you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to us now as we meet you in the silence.
We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I hope that as you took a second just to be present with the Lord in the midst of the humming of the air conditioning unit in this room, the Lord has begun to meet you. In fact, the Lord is already with you. It's more us beginning to recognize the movement and the voice of the Lord in our own lives. And I I pray this morning that we will continue to meet the Lord as we go on. But as we move on, I want to tell you a story this morning. We've been in a, a sermon series in which we are sharing stories from the genealogy that leads up to Jesus shared in Matthew chapter 1. And we've gone all the way from Abraham, and the genealogy ends at Jesus. And now we are in the kings of Judah. And I want to share with you a story this morning that involves a king who was in many ways a bad, bad man who failed to listen to the Lord. This story is about a man Manasseh, king of Judah. And while we have shared many stories of people having somewhat promising starts or even just problematic stories all the way throughout, this story is somewhat different because we have a problematic start that turns around in the end. This is one of our few stories that we get to share from the genealogy of Jesus that actually has a good, what I call, Disney ending where things happen are happily ever after. We're going to be camped out in 2 Chronicles chapter 33 this morning, but before we dig into the text, I'm going to read you the beginning of chapter 33. You'll notice there will not be any words on the screen until uh, we get a little later. I want you to focus again on listening. That is the name of the game this morning, listening. So I'll read you the backstory of Manasseh, king of Judah, so that we have the context for what God is going to do in the life of this king and this nation. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 55 years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, following the detestable practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. He rebuilt the high places his father Hezekiah had demolished. He also erected altars to the Baals and made Asherah poles. He bowed down to all the starry hosts and worshipped them. He built altars in the temple of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, My name will remain in Jerusalem forever. In both courts of the temple of the Lord, he built altars to all the starry hosts. He sacrificed his children in the fire in the valley of Ben-Hinnom, practiced divination and witchcraft, sought almonds and consulted mediums and spirits. He did much evil in the eyes of the Lord, arousing his anger. He took the image he had made and put it in God's temple, of which God had said to David and to his son Solomon, In this temple and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. I will not again make the feet of the Israelites leave the land I assigned to your ancestors, if only they will be careful to do everything I commanded them concerning all the laws, decrees, and regulations given through Moses. But Manasseh led Judah and the people of Jerusalem astray, so that they did more evil than the nations the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites." 
Let's pause here before we pick up the story. As we see from this beginning, there's not much worse Manasseh could do for the nation of Judah. Pretty much everything set out in the law of the Lord, Manasseh did the exact opposite. And in fact, we read at the end of this passage here that at this point under King Manasseh's reign, Judah looks more evil than the surrounding evil nations around it. The way I like to think about it, this is like you are a middle schooler and you are trying to be cool and fit in and so you do all the things that you know you shouldn't do just so you gain a little bit of popularity. Here Manasseh has totally forsaken the decrees of the Lord and has said we will become like all other nations. We don't need God. What we need is to be like everybody else around us. We see that Manasseh has a total disregard for the things of the Lord. And it is in the wake of this in which when you are the leader of Judah, what you do is what your people do. And so an entire nation is going astray. They are leaving the Lord. And the Lord in his kindness meets them and tries to help them understand what they are doing. We're going to pick back up in verse 10, reading through verse 13, and the words will also be on the screen here, in which we read this. The Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they paid no attention. So the Lord brought against them the army commanders of the king of Assyria, who took Manasseh prisoner, put a hook in his nose, bound him with bronze shackles, and took him to Babylon. In his distress, he sought the favor of the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his ancestors. And when he prayed to him, the Lord was moved by his entreaty and listened to his plea. So he brought him back to Jerusalem and his king, into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord is God. Those three verses have so much power in one, the ability to listen. And I want to unpack for us this morning three observations that I make about listening that come from Manasseh's endeavors and his actions in those three verses. And the first observation I have this morning for us about listening is this. It's easy to ignore the things we do not want to hear. Again, it's easy for us to ignore the things we do not want to hear. In my family, there's a little bit of a joke that my dad has a hearing condition. My dad does not have much of a hearing condition. He did work at a car wash in college to pay tuition, and so there's a little bit of hearing damage there. But the main culprit is that when my mom is calling out from him, for him, we have a very long house, and she is tucked away in the the main room bathroom, and he is all the way on the other side of the house in the guest bathroom with the fan on, and when she yells, Keen! Keen! The hum of the fan raises over, and he literally cannot hear what she is saying, but the joke continues on that my dad has a hearing problem. There's a difference between not being able to hear something and deciding that you do not hear something because you do not like what you are hearing. 
When it comes to listening to the Lord, I've heard time and time again people say something along the lines of this. You know, I was listening to see if the Lord wants me to do this. Say, uh, let's give an example. Let's say that we gave out a call for you to serve in children's ministry. And, and, you know, and I came to you and I said, you know, what do you think the Lord is saying to you about this? And I've heard many stories, and, and sometimes it's true. The Lord may not be calling you into serving in the children's ministry. But sometimes I think, I think we say that we don't hear the Lord saying that to us as an excuse to get out of doing something we really do not want to do. For Manasseh, the Lord spoke clearly to him. We actually have recorded in 2 Kings the conversation in which the Lord is speaking to Manasseh and to this nation. And at one point he says this, and I love the Lord's language. He says, I will wipe out Jerusalem as one wipes a dish, wiping it out and turning it upside down. The next time you're on the pickleboard, pickleball court, I, I hope that you say to your opponent, I'm going to wipe you out like one wipes out a dish. I dare you to say that next time. But the thing is, Manasseh heard the Lord clearly. We have record of what the Lord said. To us, the Lord speaks clearly. Sometimes it's hard to understand what the voice of the Lord is saying in a given situation, but there are many times in which God is speaking clearly. But it's easier for us to just say that we haven't heard the voice of the Lord on something because we just plain don't like it. And that becomes a problem because here's my second point. The deepest or one of the deepest desires of God's heart is for his people to listen to what he is saying and respond in action. God does speak to us. And God desires for us to follow, not just because he wants people that follow every voice he says. He's not a cruel puppet master, ladies and gentlemen. The Lord speaks because in his kindness he is like a father who wants to instruct his child in the ways of good and evil. God speaks to us because he wants us to have life and life in its fullest. Isn't that why Jesus comes on earth to live among his people? Because he wants them to know the Father truly. And he wants his people to have their deaf ears turned right so they can fully hear the voice of the Lord and respond. It takes great tragedy for Manasseh in order for him to fully listen to and respond to what God is doing. It takes him being taken captive by the Assyrians and taken into Babylon to have a ring through your nose is to be made public humiliation. God humiliated the king so that he would be deeply humbled in order to receive what the Lord has to say. And my third point about listening this morning is this. Listening requires a response. If we are to be men and women of God who are following Jesus, who have made Jesus the Lord of their life, 
that requires us to listen to what God is saying through scripture, through life, through the ways that God speaks to us. And because God wants the very best for us, maybe not what we think is best, but God does want the very best for each and every one of us. If we are to listen to what he is going to say, oftentimes that means that we are going to have to do something different as a result of what God is saying to us. For Manasseh, it, rem- it meant that he had to what? Humble himself greatly. He finally listened to God. Now, it took him being taken captive, exiled to a new land. I hope that for you and I, we do not have to be exiled to a new land and be publicly humiliated in order for us to listen to what God is saying and respond. But sometimes, it does take failure in order for us to come to the end of ourselves and realize that while we thought we were in control, God has always been the one in control. It's our decision whether or not we're going to submit and do as he wants us to do. And remember, God only wants the best for you and I. He wants us to have life into its fullest. What I love about this passage is this. Did you notice how, in the beginning, Manasseh and his people do not listen to the Lord, right? They do not listen whatsoever. But after he humbles himself greatly, he speaks to God, and what does God do? God listens to Manasseh, to his repentant heart. And that is the beauty of the God we serve. While we often fail to listen to him, God does not fail to listen to us. He listens to our prayers. He listens to the deepest desires of our hearts because he wants what is best for us. Even though we desert God, even though we fail to listen to him, we have a God that does not leave us. We have a God that does not fail to listen to the cries of his people. What a good thing. We have a God that listens. And so the end of the story of King Manasseh is a good one. It is one in which he is restored to Judah, to Jerusalem, and he does so many great things that at the end of his life, it it says here in 2 Chronicles that he is recorded as a man who listened to the Lord and did many great things. The beginning of his story was not the end of his story. And for us, the beginning of our story does not have to be the end of our story. Because of God's grace, we can be known for something different, for something better. I want to end this morning. We've been talking about listening to the Lord. And I want to end with a slight challenge for you. Because here's the thing. As followers of Jesus, as those who have given their lives under the rule and reign of our king, part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus is to become like Jesus in every aspect of our lives. And so we are to become like Jesus who was fully human and also fully divine. And what this means is that we have a responsibility to our neighbors, 
around us, to emulate and embody the very nature of our good God that we serve so that they know that God is good as well. And what this means is this. If we want to show the world around us that the God we serve listens to us and that we can listen to him, then we need to be good neighbors that listen well to one another. Listening well to our neighbors is sometimes the harder challenge than listening well to God. Because sometimes I don't want to talk to my neighbor. I want to sit in my back porch and live in the inner sanctum of my own kingdom of my house. It's a lot more work to sit on my front porch and engage my neighbor who, and a lot of times those neighbors that I know all popped into your heads that you don't want to talk to, they're lonely. They're wondering, is there anybody out there that will truly listen to what I have to say? And I know it's hard. But God wants us to be the people that will listen because God is listening to them. He is hearing the pleas of their hearts. He is hearing the desperation. And he is sending you and I, his workers here on this earth. He is sending us to be the good news, to be the people that fully embody the truth that we have a God who is gracious and merciful to us and a God who speaks but also a God who listens to us. And so I want to I ask you, is that a charge that you can take up? Will you not only be a people here at Evergreen that are known for listening to the Lord well, but will you be a people who are known throughout Peachtree City and Noonan and Fayetteville and beyond as a people that are those neighbors that are willing to sit and listen? They're willing to sit and listen to your distant relative at the Thanksgiving table who says nonsense. Who are sit, willing to sit and listen over a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or a good piece of cake. Because that's what the kingdom of heaven truly looks like. Let us pray.